Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Too sweet. Suck yeah. Welcome to a uh, all new episode of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. It's Corey Richmond joined by Jason Brooks. Uh, Jason, we had one hell of an interesting part one of Big Vito. You ready for uh, part two? I am. He does not look at wrestling like we do. As a former pro wrestler, his views on things are completely different. And I like that, right? When there's a conflict, when there's someone who looks at things differently, I think it makes us grow and I think it makes us look at things differently. So I'm excited for part two um, as are you. I, I, and I think it's going to be a good interview. I hope you guys enjoy it. Before we press play on part two of the interview, once again, you can check out Big Vito at the Big Vito brand on Twitter and at the Big Vito brand.com and check us out at Workshoot Pod on Twitter as well. Jason, take it away. Vito, do you think that, so you talk about Aura, and I agree with you, especially about Omega, because Corey and I have talked about Omega a bunch, right? Where right. in Japan, he was a star. I think a big part of that is because he was a heel. And, and, and I don't know if he knows how to be a babyface in, in the U.S., whatever. When it comes to aura or charisma or whatever, do you think that's something that wrestlers can learn through the years, through working the territories, through, through that? Or do you think it's something where they kind of either have it or they don't? You have to learn it. Where do you learn? By practicing. I tell everybody, all these indie shows and everything you do is practice, fellas. This is practice for when you get to the big time. Guys don't have that practice. They're going right into shows. You know, guys are going from wrestling schools. I got merch. I got this. I said, you don't even know how to work, motherfucker. You got merch. Skullbound Crush never had merchandise. The Skullster, Skullbound Crush from the new movement, never had a T-shirt, never a cup, never nothing. But he had a following. He was on TV. People recognized him in the streets because he had that R. He had that, he had that flavor. He was different. You knew he was somebody walking through an airport. You knew he was somebody when he walks in somewhere. It's something you learn. You just don't get it by going to a wrestling school or not taking nothing away from NXT. I'm sure they do a fine job of trying to develop talent, but they can only develop talent so far. And then the worst thing about it is they build you up on NXT. They give you a character. That's all you know because you're green. Then they expect you to go to SmackDown on Raw. They strip you of what you made and tend to build you all over again. How do they do it? You know, how do you think social media, that's really, really, really interesting point. Because we've seen that, right? These guys crawl from NXT to SmackDown and Raw, and they don't do so well. A lot of them don't. How do you think social media, Twitter, all this plays into it? Because it seems like guys are turned into stars, like, really quickly overnight when you say they don't know how to work. How do you think social media really plays into all this? Guys, when you talk about NXT, right, there are certain guys who should never have left NXT because they built their great reputation. And, you know, NXT was drawing 15,000 at the Barclays Center, right? Who was on top? Kevin Owens. If Kevin Owens goes to an indie show, when he goes to house shows, is Kevin Owens drawing 15,000 on these house shows? Not even close. Some guys 
Finn Balor did the best thing. He, they they did the best thing with Finn Balor. They put him back on NXT. They should put Kevin Owens back in NXT, right? That they're, they're, that's their brand. Those are the guys who made NXT. They could sell out arenas with those guys, right? But when they come up to the main roster, Kevin Owens only had a great run with Chris Jericho. He had, I got excited when he was with the New Day. I said, this is going to be good. He was with the New Day, so they're going to get a different push. They killed it right away because it was too over. I'm telling you, right? But you enjoyed it. You liked it for a couple of seconds it was on, right? You look at um, Jinder Mahal. He went from jobber. He worked on his body. They brought him up. They had an India deal. They put the title on him. He became good in six months. He started to get it. He got his promo down. He got his matches were better. His stuff was better. And then they took the title off him. Just as he was getting started, you got into him. It takes time to develop your character. It takes time to learn how to be a champion. They give you a belt and say you're champion. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know how to act. You don't know how to cut a promo. Being a champion, you don't know any of these things because you never experienced it in, in, on, on, the, um, on the territory level where they teach you these things. Why do you think guys like a Kevin Owens or a Kenny Omega or you know, the Bucks or all these people, their, their stick or their act works so well in the smaller companies, the Ring of Honors, the New Japans, you know, PWGs, but they don't. They're, they're all co-followers. They're co-followers like a ECW. They're smaller venues, smaller promotions, and you're a big star. You know, it'd be a big fish in a small pond. But when that big fish goes to the big pond, they disappear. But I guess, but what, I guess my point is, though, why do you think these guys don't equate to becoming the big, the big fish when they get to that, to, I guess, to, to national television? Well, like uh, Jason was saying, social media, right? When you're dealing on a smaller scale, there's less people to please. When you go on a bigger scale, everybody's got an opinion. Instead of dealing with 500, you're dealing with 500,000. Yeah. That's a big change. I mean, the Young Bucks were on Twitter, and then they took themselves off Twitter when they started the show, when they started the AEW show. But you see the Young Bucks, okay? They're making money. They're doing good. They're in AEW. They've got a contract, right? Now, if you were to put the Young Bucks in, in the WWE, where would they be? I... Are you saying WWE Raw Smack or WWE NXT? Because I think there's I'm, a difference on that answer. I would, I'm talking, let's, let's start Raw. Where would they be in six months? I think they'd just be a 50-50 uh, act with everybody else. Where would they be on SmackDown? Same. About the same, maybe a little better because SmackDown most of the time is unwatchable. Maybe. Where would they be on NXT? I think they'd be on the top of the show. Because they'd, be of the that. they'd be in the main event. They would be the draw on NXT. Why? Because NXT is the same level as these other places. It's a smaller venue. So we, I, I guess my one thing is, and I agree with a lot of what you're saying, but we look at the main roster, SmackDown and Raw, and those guys, and again, it's the empty arena show, so we don't know now, but a lot of those guys didn't seem to be getting over when they were, that when they were crowds. Do that? Do you attribute that to they were in NXT and they were pushed to the main roster too quickly? Do you think it's an issue with how they're being booked currently? 
Because it doesn't seem like many people on the main roster are getting over regardless. That's because, that's because their gimmick is taken away from them. And what they were doing in NXT, they're not doing at Raw and SmackDown. They make you change your style. All, all, that, that is the truth. They change your character. And you guys see it. They, why isn't he doing that when he did that in NXT? The only guy who came and did that shtick was Endo and Cass. They had the greatest opening. You, as soon as you knew he was coming on, you ran to the TV. I want to see what they got to say today because you want to hear Enzo talk. He carried Enzo. He might have sucked as a wrestler, but shit, he can carry a stick. He was the same guy. He was, and he well, carried. Why aren't they keeping guys the same on the main? Why aren't they just taking their gimmick and saying, you know what? We don't know if this shit's going to get over on the main roster, but let's just try it. Because NXT is a lower is a is a high end indie fed, which you got to say it's their own entity, they're their own brand, but it's a low brand and it's on the same level as AEW. It's on the same level as say, you really can't say because is AEW and is NXT. Everything else is like super indie, super low level. And you could tell in the guys' bodies and the way they carry themselves and the way they look. And you could tell the way they wrestle. Is there a story? Who is, who's in the hot, who is in the hottest storyline in WWE right now? Come on, fellas. I don't even watch the show, and I know that. <laughs> Are there any good angles in WWE right now? Uh, Edge, or, or, Edge, and Orton. Yeah. But it's terrible. I mean – well, I, I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't agree. I don't agree with. It's that. been good promos, but I mean, you got to pay off the stuff, you know. After a while, I mean, Edge but, is, Edge is a great promo guy, but I mean. But it's the if you had to pick something that's going on, then you have Otis winning the Money in the Bank, right? Yeah. Now the guy is the flavor of the month. I said it a long time ago. Don't be yeah. a goof. Don't do TikTok. Listen to Vince McMahon. If he pushes you to be world champion, you slipped on a banana peel to get the money in the bank. You're going to slip on a banana peel to win the heavyweight title because it's going to be in a three-way or four-way dance. Otis is going to come running down. He's going to, they're going to knock him out. He's going to fall on somebody. He's going to win the title. You heard it here first. He's going to be world champion. Yeah. I do think That's- something's going to be – I'm sorry to interrupt there. Uh, something that's going to be really interesting. Uh, the, the next test to see if NXT equates to people carrying on the main roster – is a guy who's a true fighter, has the MMA background. Suppose he's coming up to SmackDown either this week or next week. Is Matt Riddle? Do you think Matt Riddle will be able to buck the trend, or do you think he's just going to be another guy who's going to be lost once he goes to uh, the main roster? He is going to be lost when he comes to the main roster because you think they're going to be doing this goofy shit. You know, yo, bro, what are you doing, bro? Everything. You know, he's going to sound like the Vince Russo, bro. It ain't going to happen. You know what I mean? He's going to come up, they're going to give him a little run, and then he's going to blend in with everybody else. He doesn't have that oomph. Yeah. On, on NXT, all right, they put him with the other kid that made him a tag team champion. He had a good hard-hitting match with this, the Thatcher kid, right? But then once you take him away from that and you start him off fresh, the fresh fish in the big pond, you really, do you really look at him as a superstar? Do you look at him as a Chris Jericho? Do you look at him as a Shawn Michaels? You look at him as a Steve Austin coming in, where he's gonna he's gonna move the needle. No. So, uh, yes, I agree with you that that's probably what's gonna happen. I have two questions. One, is there anyone in NXT that you think has that it factor that when they come to the main roster, they're gonna have it? 
And then two, do you think part of the issue with these guys going to the main roster is they don't just give them, they don't give them enough time. So, right, you talk about Steve Austin, who was around for a long time, was a mid-carter for a while, and then became, a, you know, a huge star. Is it, you know, so what star on the main, on, on NXT do you think has the it factor? And then do you think WWE needs to give some of these guys more time when they come up from NXT to develop? It wouldn't be a fair question for me to answer on NXT because I don't watch it. Like, you know, I just watch where I get my stuff is I read a lot and I watch the clips on the Twitter re rewinds because that's how I find it interesting instead of sitting there being bored to death for three hours. You know what I'm saying? But I won't waste my time that's watching fair. the thing, right? That's fair. But as far as NXT, I never watched NXT and I see the guys coming up and when I see something interesting, I'll check it out. I know they have some big guys down there that they can do something with. Some impressive looking guys. Keith Lee, I'm guessing, is the, uh, the biggest example, most likely. Right. So when you take these big looking guys, we don't have that on the main roster. Now, when I get to the main roster, Drew McIntyre took a long time to get to this point. Yeah. And he's a big guy. He's got a good body. And his body got improved as he went along with his push. So you're asking if they're going to you know, give guys more time. They don't have time to give. It's either you're going to – this is a machine. Either you got it or you don't. Step to the side. You're either going to move to the front or you're going to sink like the rest of the fish. Now, uh, changing it up for one second, especially the fact that you work with Vince Russo on the Vince Russo brand with your podcasts. How big – We I, I know that, you know, at that time, everything was about ratings and still is now, but how, how much did the wrestlers know about what was going on with the ratings, were you guys as big into uh, how big quarter hours were as, you know, the people, you know, the Vince Russo, the Eric Bischoffs were? Or was that something that you just found out something went well, yay, or if it went badly, you're no longer in main events, you know, uh, segments? I mean, how, They went off. That... Everything was ratings. Everything was ratings. But remember, ratings were the measuring stick of how successful you were, right? And when you look back, when Vince Russo was writing, and I'm not boasting Vince Russo. Like, guys, you know, I know he's my best buddy, my friend and everything, but when it comes down to right and wrong, is he outspoken? Yes. Did he do some stupid things? Yes. Did I tell him about it? Several times, right? But when you talk about what he's done to, for his resume and ratings, ratings were important. They used to watch the quarter hour. They used to have the wars. They used to have all this stuff. So it was a big contest. When the ratings today, if you put AEW and you put um, NXT together, what does that add up to? 1.3 million people. That's 500,000 or 400,000 less what Roar is getting. Think about it. Now, how much do you think that when sticking in the ratings for one second here, it appears that wrestling is down basically across the board. NXT and AEW were up uh, significantly this week. But do you blame, how much do you blame that on our current situation with the coronavirus? How much do you blame that on just the fact that wrestling isn't as maybe as hot as we all thought it is? Or the lack of crowds. Okay. Lack of crowds, yeah. Guys, you got to remember the ratings are down and there's no competition. If people are watching wrestling, okay, and they're not interested because the content isn't very good, what happens when sports comes back on TV? Where do those ratings go? They're gonna shit. They're gonna hit. They're gonna hit rock bottom. So what does that tell you about the content that there's on today? It's not very good. So 
I mean, if the content isn't booming now with nothing on, how is it going to be successful with, with something on? I just think right now, I mean, having two shows on a Wednesday where you're competing, okay, you're splitting the fan base, basically. It's 100,000, you know, either way. Really, it's been 100,000 win of uh, AEW. That's great. You know, they're on a smaller scale. They're going against NXT. NXT, when they tried... Now, if NXT said they were putting The Rock on NXT to go do a promo with his daughter, I bet you they would get... You would hope they would get a million. Hope. If they got under a million with The Rock on there with his daughter, then you know it's the total wrestling is in the shitter. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to the Attitude Error, when... a so many people watch the show. I want to talk to you about the end of WCW. You were there at the end. Right. Just a blank slate. For you, how was it at the end? How chaotic was it at the end? What was like that for you as a performer and the other wrestlers who were there and like the uncertainty with everything that was going to go on? What was that like for you? Eric Bischoff had a deal with Mandalay Bay for $36 million. It was an inside job where they sold the company, I'm not going to mention the name, there was, there was uh, an underlying payoff to somebody. And if you remember, WCW was sold for $2.25 million. Rings, company, building, tapes, everything. How do you go from $36 million to $2 million? And then the people who were in charge at, the, at WCW, Johnny Ace, all of a sudden, he's the VP of operations at the WWE. Anybody ever look at that before? Good point. Um, I know we're all smiling, but everybody can see yeah. there's something shady. You know what I'm saying? So were we all upset about it? Yes. Did we want it to happen? No. But everybody kept bitching about who's in charge. And if they would have just left one person in charge, Vince Russo, and let the thing go, they would have been happy today with 3.5 million. Wouldn't you? Right? So if they would have just left, but it was musical chairs and bitching and moaning, so much complaining. There was a lot of complaining. There were a lot of chiefs and no Indians in WCW. It sucks. But the talent that was there was top notch. Was it comparable on par with the WWE? Absolutely. I mean, I was involved in the Nitro Wars. I was, I was in it. You know what I'm saying? I was in it. I was in the ECW, uh, WCW, uh, WWE Wars. I was in it. So, and I was in it during Attitude Era because I wrestled from the 90s on. So I wrestled through all those times. And I can yeah. tell you, it was ratings. It was the way it is. It was a competition. And then the wrestling business changed. And now you look at the content and you look at the wrestlers on there. Who looks like a man on on WWE, if you had to compare looks, Brock Lesnar is the most legit guy you have. Not taking nothing against anybody there. Yeah. And when you talk about somebody who's definitely the man, you know, we talk about The Undertaker and what he does. Yeah, his entrance as The Undertaker, you could watch it all day, come cut a promo, do things. You know, can he wrestle like he used to? Maybe not. But he's still worth watching the entrance. You put that entrance on AEW, I bet you they maybe spike about three, 400,000 viewers if they knew he's going to come on. Undertaker, Jake the Snake interview. 
would you go watch it? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Undertaker on Anderson. Right. Rick Flair was was off contract. All of a sudden, he's on contract. Imagine Rick Flair going over to AEW. Would you, would people watch, making him the commissioner? Something that's uh, interesting. We've had a debate over the years. What as a professional wrestler, what's more important, the the uh, the Hulk Hogan, the guy who who gets you in the building with his with his promos, or the Ric Flair who, who once you're in the building performs. I guess what I'm asking you is what's more important, the talker or the worker, or is it just a combination uh, of the two? I mean, you can't you can't compare Ric Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan. They're both on the they're both a plus plus. You know what I mean? Those guys are wrestling. When you talk wrestling, who do you mention? Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. You can't you can't say who's better or what what works. You know, when you if you're ever in a live audience or you're sitting in the back and Hulk Hogan comes out and his music hits, you know. Same thing like Ric Flair, same thing with Batista, John Cena, The Rock, Stone Cold, you know, Big Vito. When you heard when you hear his music, you freaking get up. You get up, son. Don't laugh at me, woman. <laughs> so so kind of to Corey's point, is it is it more the character or is it more the in-ring? It's a in your combi- opinion. combination of both. You have to, if you're going to walk the walk, you got to talk the talk. If you're going to be a kick-ass guy and say you're going to kick ass, my name, is, my name is Vito the Skull Grasso from Staten Island, New York, and I'm just going to come in and run all over your face. And what did I do? Win or lose? I tried to kick your ass. If I lost, I lost. If I won, I won. If I lost, I came back. Hi, I'm Vito the Skull Grasso. I'm here to run all over your face, and I'm going to kick the shit out of you. If I lost, I lost. I'll come back and say the same thing next week. <laughs> um, all right. So, what are your favorite either feuds, matches? Obviously, we talked about the dress thing a million times. But what are some other kind of storylines or feuds that really stand out for you in your career that you really enjoyed? Uh, the Steven Regal with the dress that was a great thing. The build up towards it and everything, and working with him was you know exceptional. It was entertaining. He knew how to play off the play off the dress. Um, I think uh, ECW would go, you know, the Baldies with New Jack Axel, balls and Axel and New Jack against the Baldies. That was pretty good. Yeah. When you talk about the Mamelukes and WCW, me, us being a tag team, doing a whole Paisan thing, you couldn't watch funnier or better vignettes than the Mamelukes on TV because those were entertaining. My hardcore run, my probably wrestling. You know, uh, Kevin Nash and Goldberg and fighting Terry Funk on Nitro for the heavyweight title is probably the most defining, decorating, you know, uh, match in my career because he handed me the belt. He shook my hand. Kind of like passing the torch. I said, okay, man. You know, and that, that night in the, in the bar, um, I was in the bar. I walked in and Mean Gene was there. Flair, Luger, the whole, the, everybody was in the bar that night. And I said, everybody raise your glass. We want to congratulate Vito. You finally arrived. Congratulations. Because when Terry Funk puts you over and he hands you the belt, big thing. And that was something. Nobody beats Terry Funk one-on-one. Was there, was there anybody that you wish you were able to, during your career, that you wish you were able to uh, have a match with? Or is there anybody currently uh, in either WWE or AEW that you think would have been a good fit with your style? On a personal level, I always like to challenge guys, and we always used to like to say I'm better, the best guy, best wrestler. 
And um, for guys who don't know, we used to have a little wrestling, little wrestling clique was me, uh, John Morrison, and Bobby Lashley, and a couple other oh. guys. And we used to, we used to do amateur wrestling um, before shows. So the rule was no pancaking, but if we get you down, you know you tap. So John Morrison had amateur wrestling background. Um, Bobby Lashley, everybody knows about his pedigree, mm-hmm. and he had me. So we used to go round and round and say, Vito, you're so friggin' hard to take down. He says, how long did you amateur wrestle? I said, I never did. They said, you're full of shit. I said, no, I was a basketball player. I learned how to wrestle, you know, through the years. So the one day, I freaking get Bobby Lashley down. We don't know how it happened. We still, I laughed about it. Hey, <laughs> he tripped and fell. No, no, let's put it legit. I pancaked that son of a bitch, right? But well, when it was over, Right, we did it. Martin and Lassie looked at me, and I and I was like shocked. I said, I said "Man, this is great." I said, "Probably be the only one I win, but hell, it's pretty good." And um, I used to go to Kurt Angle all the time, and I used to ask him, "Hey, Kurt, I was a big workout guy before the matches." I said, "Hey, Kurt, want to work out with me?" Nope. I said, "Kurt, I, you know, let's roll around." And I was just, "Nope." And he said, "Kurt, how come you don't want to wrestle with me, Vito?" You're that guy who don't you have that look? I don't want to wrestle you. Same thing with Billy Gunn. Same thing with a lot of guys. And they used to see me go in there. I wanted to eat your ass and I wanted to fucking taste it. I was like, you know, okay, let's get in there. I wanted to. I'm 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 the only guy who uh, one time we're wrestling in um, I think it was Minnesota somewhere. Rock and Roll Express, Kevin Sullivan, Sandman, Bald Mahoney. Um. I had to wrestle Dan Severn. I said, I said, guys, I said, I want you to watch the curtain. He said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm shooting on Dan Severn. You're fucking crazy. I said, nope, I want to see how good I am. Right? So I get in there, and I shot on Dan Severn. The best two minutes of wrestling you've ever seen in your life. I was all over his ass, and he was like, Vito, what the hell was that? Where did you learn that? I said, I just wanted to see how good it was. I appreciate it. I enjoyed it. He said, don't ever do that again, right? <laughs> so, but when you do stuff like that and you make all the boys watch, that's the Rock and Roll Express, Kevin Sullivan. Beano, you really could do this. You're a crazy bastard. But I went in there and did it. I came back and they were all laughing. I laughed at Dan Severin. I said, that was fucking awesome. I said, I wouldn't have had the balls to do it, but you fucking, you're the man, you know? But I was just me, you know what I mean? I did everything. I just wanted to be the best wrestler, and if any time I got a chance to prove it, I wanted to. So, you know, it was just just my nature. Uh, as we uh, start to wind down, we've heard a couple of times uh, the voice of your wife in the background. Uh, how about you tell us a little bit about uh, Mr. and Mrs. on uh, one of your uh, one of your podcasts that you do? Mr. and Mrs. is probably one of the uh, best and uh, most fun podcast that we do we get to banter go back and forth and we don't talk about nothing we just have a subject and we go back and forth now as you guys know and you guys probably watch it subscribe to the russo brand and vote against me because i am the bigv from the log okay but shut your face lady i'm not an interview okay anyway so it became something that we were doing on our brand and it got some notoriety we went back to doing it on the Russo brand. Now, from what I understand, a lot of people enjoy it because it's a husband and wife show. And um, 
we have good good camaraderie on camera. We we were funny. Like you know, we don't shift again. You're interrupting me. I'm talking, woman. Remember those divorce papers? All right. So well, you can't divorce her because you got a good podcast with her. Hey, listen, no, no, no. They did this on uh, on the other show. What was this? My favorite show. What show? Um, Flip a flop. Remember when they got the boss? The show went down to two. Flip a flop. Yeah, but she got she got a show and he got to sit at home. So. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but he was hitting it with the babysitter. He's my dog, man. He's my dog. Get out. <laughs> we don't have but, uh, baby. Now, the Mr. and Mrs. Show is something that we created. It's a great show. We have a good time with it. We enjoy it. Um, a lot of people don't have a good time with it. It's just, you know, Two people um, going back and forth and saying things, being funny, and uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a well liked show. And we enjoy having doing it. Now, I, I did read that you were doing some acting and, and and in the past and some other stuff. Is that still something that that you're involved in? I still do some stuff on on a low level. You know, I don't post everything I do, but I still do the acting. I still do some small parts. You know, I keep myself busy in that way. You know. Um, we just had a debate on Mr. and Mrs. Who's the better actor, me or The Rock? And a lot of friggin' people on the Russo brand voted for The Rock. I don't know why, but I am the people's album, okay? I am the, I am the man with the plan, okay? Rock has had a lot of B-movies and a lot of things that were stinkers, okay? And um, they kind of sucked. But I have to deal with it, you know, and then when the people come begging back on the Russo brand, oh, Big Vito, you have another show for us next week? I say, you don't vote for me. You don't pay me. You don't go to my birthday wish list and buy me anything. You don't pregame for my birthday that it's on June 18th, you know, and there's a wish list on my Twitter. And is it, is it seriously me. June 18th? Yeah. That's, just, that's the same as my wife's birthday. She, oh, really? She, yeah, yeah. Different, so you, different years, but. But, but um, so oh, okay. your wife and I should be expecting gifts. <laughs> yeah, she's expecting. She's all divorce papers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you. But, uh. You know, like I said, Buzz, we do it as a good time. We have a great time doing it, you know. And uh, today we're actually doing it. Guys who don't know, my podcast date is on Sundays. But um, I made a special exception today because these two young men have been trying to get me on the show and they're busy on Sundays. You know, one's married, one's watching wrestling. So, you know, what are we going to do? You know, everybody's got their lifestyle. But um, I'm happy to do it on a Friday. And uh, it's been pretty fun. Uh, another one of the podcasts you have is uh, Getting Color. How about you tell our audience about that one? Getting Color was started with me and Vince Russo. We were doing it on the Russo brand. And um, Vince took it off his brand because it wasn't one of the shows that was prominent. It was getting ratings, but he had a lot of stuff going on. And then I took it on the Big Vito brand, and I do it with Virtue, David Stoller. And uh, it comes with being part of No DQ, which is another very interesting uh, wrestling podcast group. So uh, we went off a little bit and then we started doing it when, you know, we got back into the podcasting, you know, and uh, guys, I enjoy talking wrestling and doing like we're doing here and I do it weekly. You know, you can catch it during the week, but um, I give my views and my thing is, if it's good, I'm going to put it over. If it's bad, I'm going to not put it over. I'm not trying to get a job. I'm not trying to buy for something. What's good is good and bad is bad. If you're a journalist and an analyst and an interviewer, a podcaster, the best way to be, in my eyes, is to be honest and give good reviews and bad reviews. 
and always give try to give a reason why. Well, Vito, I really, really, we enjoyed having you. This is a great conversation. You educated me on some stuff um, and definitely a great talk. So how can people find you on Twitter? And is there anything you want to leave the, the fans with who are listening to this about you and what you're up to now? All right. I'm going to let my wife do all the accolades for our thing because I always screw it up. I all haven't right. gotten it right in three years. So she's, like your, she's like your manager, basically. Yeah, she's the manager. She's the uh, manager. Uh, Mrs. on the Mr. and Mrs., can you give... Uh, oh, so now you want me to talk? Like this whole interview has been yeah, shut yeah, up. You yeah, yeah woman, shut now up. you can talk, all right? Did you make me food? Did you make me your wife? No, babe, come on. He's addicted to TikTok, and he says stuff about uh, Nia Jax. He's addicted to TikTok. I love TikTok. I think it's a great one. Well, he's not trying to get over anymore in pro exactly. wrestling. Exactly. So, so. so go ahead. Go ahead. What do you want me to do? The guy's asking for our plugs. Okay, because I can't hear. Okay, so you can find Vito on twitch.tv slash the big Vito brand, where he does all of his wrestling shows and some other shows. He live streams some things. Uh, I try to get him to play games. He played NBA 2K20 and he played that for about three minutes and thought he was LeBron of Xbox. So um, he does all that kind of stuff. Also, we're on anchor.fm slash the big video brand for our audio podcast as well as on iHeartRadio. You can catch him on all social media under the big video brand and at thebigvitobrand.com. Take it away, big video. All right, and you know, you can find me on Twitter as the B-I-G-V from the L-O-G, rocking and rolling, doing my shit, being gangster. Did you guys know I'm a former Nick? No, no. I am a former Nick. My wife no. says, how the hell are you a former Nick? You're full of shit. I said, baby, I've been living on 10-day contact for a long time. They just don't <laughs> talk about it, right? And then I said I was a rapper, right? I'm friggin' rapper because I'm the B-I-G from the L-O-G. Have you, you know? heard him rap? You oh, will know he's not awesome. a yo, yo, see, I was in the studios, right. man. Got my own company and everything. All right? Don't make me talk crib and, you know. Don't talk crib? What is that even? I was on, <laughs> what was that show called? The, the Crib Show. Crib. MTV Crib. You were you, not on MTV Crib. But I did do the Crib Show for the WWE when I came and did my crib. So now I, I, I forget to mention that I was on MTV Cribs, you know? It was not MTV. You would just it shut up, bro. WWE you ruined it. You ain't nobody in a business. Shut up. All right, guys. Listen. Listen, Corey, Jason, thank you very much for having me on the show. I hope this was great. Um, you know, uh, are we following them on, on uh, online, on Twitter and everything? I'm sure that we are. Good. I get, guys, <laughs> I, I think we're, we're not, fine. I will rectify that situation. We'll rectify right. that situation. Guys, thank you very much for having me. All right. Thanks, on. Big Vito. Vito, right. Noel, thank you very much for joining us. Everyone, once again, follow them on Twitter and everywhere else on social media. And, of course, uh, follow thebigvitobrand.com for all the latest on um, the going of Big Vito. And uh, thank you once again for joining us. And if you have everything you need to promote, feel free to come on. And we'd love to have you back on again. Thank you very much, guys. It was a pleasure doing this interview with you guys. have been real pros. And I appreciate it. Catch these guys. They're, they're cool dudes doing a great thing. And uh, catch them on this show, guys. All right. Thanks, Big Vito. Hey, Corey here. Just just a few quick things. This interview was taped a few weeks back. Uh, first of all, uh, happy birthday to Big Vito and also to uh, my podcast partner's wife, uh, Sharon, whose birthday is also today on June 18th when this podcast is dropping. But on a more serious note, former guest on the podcast, the product David Starr, has been recently in the news 
with um, rape allegations. At this point, me and Jason have not had a chance to really talk about the story, and hopefully when we do our show tomorrow, we'll have more of an opinion. But we do want to say right off the top that we still do support the absolute need and concept of a wrestling union and for the betterment of the independent contractor and worker when it comes to everything that happens at a show from catering to bookings and everything else in between from when you work at the local bingo hall to the largest stage of the WWE, AW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, or any other company that soon becomes a big-time player within the industry. So for Jason Brooks, as always, this is Corey Richmond. Please join us tomorrow for our review of the Wednesday Night Wars and any other big stories and newest information in regards to the WWE and their new testing, if there is any. But as always, please follow us at WorkshootPod and join the Facebook group. And if you would, please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to podcasts. And give our sister podcast a chance. You don't know Jackie with the returning Jackie Mello which Jason and myself will be appearing talking about the HBO hit series, Insecure, coming up real soon. So once again, thank you, Big Vito, for joining us. Happy birthday, and happy birthday, Sharon. I guess I'll be saying it this week. I think we're done here. See ya.